Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Mark Sharon and I will be talking today about non-12-step, what it means to be non-12-step, and beware of the non-12-step imposters. We wrote the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap, and the Freedom Model for the Family to help people to learn how they can solve addiction and move on with their lives. We offer an incredible opportunity to work with us directly in private one-on-one classes. You can learn about all of our products at thefreedommodel.org and soberforever.net. So there, but way back in the 90s when we first started talking about being non-12-step, uh, people hadn't really heard that term before. And over the past 20 years or so, uh, that term's become much more prevalent, and there are a lot of treatment programs that try to be all things to all people, and they'll advertise that they're non-12-step, uh, but then you go into their treatment programs, and you know they say, oh, we have smart meetings, or we have this meeting, or that meeting, and, and you realize it's pretty much all the same stuff, just with different clothes. Yeah. Well, first of all, if you if you're telling somebody on your on your promotional materials for your treatment center that you're treatment, <laughs> you can't be non twelve step. Right, because all treatment is based on the twelve step program. Because in order to be uh, treated, there has to be some disease present. There's right. nothing to treat if there is no disease, and so. Uh, and it's not metaphorical. It's it's a direct thing. I mean, it, if you're if you're truly non well, l- let me cut to the chase first. Let's start with the truth. Uh, the Freedom Model is the only, truly, one hundred percent non twelve step model in existence today. That's not marketing hyperbole. That's not that's not me saying that uh, because I was one of the co creators. It's simply a fact, and here's why. Any time that you introduce a structure that demands any type of support, uh, you're not non-12-step. Any time you demand that you are, well, treatment, you're not non-12-step. Any time that you use the word recovery when describing somebody who stopped use, you're not non-12-step. So that that covers a wide array of things and uh, there's reasons why I say that because if you need recovery you the whole premise of being in recovery is the idea that you're recovering from something right some some illness right some disorder some factor that is outside of yourself that demands that there is an outside intervention called recovery processes, right? That you have to go do something that is outside of your mind, your own mind, that you you are required to do some sort of formula, some sort of recovery recipe that will make you strong enough to resist your cravings. Um, you know, relapse prevention, for example, is, is one of these... Uh, ridiculous techniques um so if if you believe in recovery if you believe that you need support because it's a matter of weakness if you believe that you need willpower um or more of it or that you don't have enough of it if you believe you lose control if you believe that uh there's some sort of treatment at all 
or recovery process necessary, uh, then you're dealing with treatment and you're not dealing with non-12-step. So uh, it's important to know what non-12-step is. Let's start with it's an internal model, not an external model, which means that uh, you, the entire premise of a true non-12-step model, the freedom model, is that it's a decision-making process. It doesn't require greater strength to resist anything because you're choosing what you want. You become aware of what you actually want. And if you want uh, to be sober, you will be. That's an internal job. It doesn't require a process to uh, protect yourself from yourself. That's not necessary in, in a non-12-step model. Um, that all makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I was just thinking, if you... Here's the thing. If you think that you're different somehow than everyone else, that when you developed this substance use problem, that in some way, shape, or form, you developed it because you were pathologically different than your next-door neighbor or your spouse or your sibling, you, th you felt that somehow, some way, substances work differently within your body than they do other people, which makes you hooked on them. Then, then really that's, that's where the 12-step model emanates from is that you believe that you are, you know, have this affliction or that you have something different in your makeup that, that makes it so you can't use substances like everybody else. That's right. Right? So, so any treatment model that's based on that, that's based on that idea that you are somehow different is based on the 12-step model. It's based on an idea that, that you're this special class of person, good or bad, whichever it is. I can, I can remember in AA meetings people saying, I'm so grateful to have this disease <laughs> because now I, I have this life I never could have had if I didn't you know, find out that I was an alcoholic. Do you remember that kind of crap? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's silliness. Um, I think that... Uh, let, let me jump to a different topic in a way, and that is uh, the imposters. So, yeah. so we've defined uh, non-12-step as a model that is internal. It's decision-making. It's choice-making. It's making choices. And um, it's based in free will, autonomy, and your pursuit of happiness. That's what, that's what a non-12-step model, a true non-12-step model is. Um, the problem is is that now the term is meaningless yeah because it's become a marketing ploy and that started oh i don't know 15 years ago when we yeah 15 20 years when, ago when we became successful at at promoting um uh, an alternative to the 12 steps uh for the first time and uh people saw that people meaning treatment centers and they said well we want we want the customers that believe in the disease concept, but we also want that group over there that doesn't believe in it. That doesn't like meetings. That doesn't like uh, being you know, labeled. the whole being labeled an alcoholic or an addict. Yeah. They, they, so there's the, and that's a much larger uh, group of people that reject 
this idea of being a diseased, hapless victim of circumstance and external powers. Well, so it's, a, it's a huge demographic, actually, because if you look at the actual numbers, I mean, they saw the handwriting on the wall. They knew that most people don't stay in AA to the tune of 95% don't stay in AA. Right. So they were looking at this disenchanted group that we had uh, been serving for decades, and they said, well, we want in. We want in. So, But they didn't want to let go of the gravy train. See, they didn't want to let right. go of insurance payments, which requires a diagnostic code. So the only reason that the disease concept ever, ever existed to begin with was Bill Wilson's fantasy of making millions of dollars, which he succeeded in doing. He died a multimillionaire, and that was through treatment, through his pyramid scheme called AA. And all of that is predicated on making sure that it remains a disease so that health insurance companies have something to bill for. And so from the late 50s straight up through to the present, it's become a multi, well, it's, now it's $40 billion a year annually in, in revenue. Um, so they're never going to let go of this disease charade as long as it makes that kind of money. And uh, so, but they didn't, so they didn't want to let go of that. No, nobody in the right mind, I mean, we did. We must be crazy, but we've never taken a third-party reimbursement in 31 years. Um, because we, we don't bill for a disease people don't have. We think that's unethical. We think that's wrong. Um, in the medical field, that would be akin to telling people they had cancer when they didn't have it and then giving them chemotherapy for, right. no, for no reason. Uh, that's what treatment is. Make no mistake. It's a lie, and, it, and it's harmful. And, uh, and literally millions of people have died needlessly based on the erroneous myths that they, that they perpetuate constantly. So they didn't want to let go of that gravy train, and they still don't. But they want this other 95% of the market that is this disenchanted group who doesn't believe in the 12 steps that intuitively knows that something's amiss with this disease concept. And so they said, oh, we're non-12-step too, you know. But, you know, we're kind of non-12-step. We're, well, we're all things to all people. We'll, we'll, we still think support is necessary, but you don't have to go to meetings. But we'll offer meetings because we can bill for meetings. You know, and, and it just goes round and round and round in this ridiculous uh, charade. So even New York State, here in New York State, um, every treatment program is a 12-step program. But now they don't call themselves that because here in New York and in many states across the country, you can't be mandated to go to meetings because in the Supreme Court, they've seen AA as a religion, which is, it is, it is a religion. Um, so the way that New York State gets around it is they mandate people to treatment and then treatment makes them go to meetings. And so that's kind of, that's one of the ways that these programs can get away with calling themselves non-12-step, get away with being, with people being mandated by the courts to go to their treatment program. And then, of course, by uh, way of the treatment program, they end up being mandated to AA. But if you're somebody that, that doesn't, that is in one of those states, and it's most of the states in the country, um, you have to know your rights. You don't, you don't have to go to those meetings. Even if it's part of the treatment program, you can say, look, it, this is a religion, and I'm not willing to be mandated to religion by a court. Um, and, and you can, you know, people have gone to bat for that and won. Um, so that's one of the ways. Another way that treatment programs get around, this is that the biggest movement of non-12-step is this idea of uh, underlying 
causes for addiction. And so that's kind of the most popular non 12 step movement is, okay, we're not going to have you do the 12 steps per se. Um, but know that you're very, very sick. Right. We're going to use this other religion. <laughs> and this other religion says that you are caused to use not by a disease, but you're caused to use by other disorders and mental yes. illnesses. Yeah. So uh, so we're going to give you a whole bunch of med- labels and medication. And oh, yes, you'll probably have to go to therapy. So now maybe we're not going to mandate you to 12 step meetings, but you're going to have to go to therapy forever. Right. And, and that's just another religion. That's that's what that is. It's because it's not based in fact. Right. You know, the only way to stop a drinking or a drug problem, it's very simple, is to decide you'd be happier not doing it. Yeah. There is no other method. Even people that succeed, we've said this before, even people that succeed with these other methods ultimately came to that conclusion right that same conclusion that they're happier not using because if they weren't it doesn't matter what the treatment is that's right it doesn't matter it becomes erroneous you you would you'd still get high so um the it's always an internal job it's nothing else there's there is no other solution so what do we do in the freedom model is we make people acutely aware of what they have internally what they were born with this thinking apparatus called a mind that they can make decisions about uh this idea that they have the positive drive principle or that they're always in the pursuit of some happiness or benefits um and that that's the immutable inherent motivation of all human beings so even in getting high or drunk they're trying to pursue happiness and and then we challenge that and we say would you be happier abstaining or moderating um and if you are happier doing either of those two things that's what you're going to do i mean it's it's not rocket science the problem is is that there's so much mythology that people have been taught that that we have to undo all of that and that's really probably two-thirds of the freedom model is exactly that undoing the recovery movement Well, and here's one of the first things that's so starkly different that people realize when they start with us in private instruction or they come to the retreat, and that is that there's no judgment. It's not moral. So any treatment program that you go to that has any kind of moral judgment on your behavior right from go that assumes um, to, to presumes to tell you how you should proceed later on, like you should never drink or use drugs again you should do this and this and this you have to build this super spiritual life all of that is based on that 12-step nonsense which is that what is that that we believe we were insane I mean basically step two is that we believed that that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity or something to that effect Um, I mean so so basically because you like intoxication you're somehow insane, you're a bad person, you have moral defects of character. All of this has nothing to do with your drinking or drug habit, um, but it is the basis of the 12-step program and pretty much every treatment program available. That's right, that's right. And, and there are some good therapists out there who probably don't judge. Um, I've met a couple in my lifetime and I've been to a lot of therapy when I was young. Um, and been around therapists in this business for 31 years. 
Um, and there's value to having a friend that doesn't judge. Yeah, there and, is. But that's not recovery, folks. That's no. just having a friend that doesn't judge. You're still making the determination about your life and your issues yourself. There, there is nobody else in you. There is no process. There is no recipe. There is no grouping of actions, plans of action that are going to make you behave in a way you don't want to behave. It's not going to make you like getting high less. The only thing that can make you like getting high less is the information that I could be happier doing something else more. And, and devaluing, devaluing your habit. And uh, when you devalue the habit, in the freedom model, what we do is we show you the facts that drugs cannot do all the magical things our culture tells you that they do. Uh, it doesn't take away your stress. It doesn't take away your anxiety. It doesn't take away drugs and alcohol can't magically go into your mind and selectively take out those negative things and emotions that, that our mind holds on to. Um, the only one that can do that is you. You can give drugs the credit. You can give recovery credit. You can give meetings credit. You can give your therapist credit. You can give all the recovery processes and planning the credit. But ultimately, it's all you. There is nobody else in you. It's kind of the same um, when people attribute like being more social or being friendlier or relaxation or all of these things they want to get from substances it's it's kind of the same thing it is exactly the same thing. <laughs> you know you're actually doing all those things yourself yeah um, not the substance isn't doing it and this is the same here I was when when Mark was talking I was looking for there I think it's still in this book um, there's a part of the book where where Mark talks about um, you know if it, there were these ingredients and when when we were in AA they used to say Find somebody who's got what you want and do what they did. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's Steve's part. He d did the ingredients of a cake. Baking, yeah, the sober cake. Uh, baking a sober <laughs> cake. That, that recovery is like baking a sober cake. If you have the right ingredients. Yeah, right ingredients. And, and, then, and the thing about if you've ever tried to bake a cake from scratch, there's a lot that can go wrong. <laughs> well, that's the problem, right? Recovery. Recovery, you know, it gets in the way of recovery. This whole problem of this trigger-free, perfectly oh, yeah. balanced life is life gets in the way. Yeah, that's all, for damn sure. All of a sudden, you, you're going home from work and you crash and you break your leg in the car and uh, your kid went through the windshield and suddenly your life is altered in a way you never saw fit to, to do. And you, certainly your little recipe gets, right. gets flushed down the toilet and suddenly you find yourself drunk because you're depending on something outside yourself to make decisions for you. Think about that. You're trying to create a set of circumstances that somehow is going to come into your mind and take away your want of alcohol and drugs. That's weird, folks. That is strangeness. <laughs> that is a religion. That is not reality. The only one that can change you is you. That's it. That's it. And and here's the thing. I can remember um, early in my sobriety, I don't know what else to call it. It was, you know, within the first year or two after I, I changed, you know, I stopped my heavy substance use, going through something. Um, I think it was my grandfather passed away. And, and I can remember just thinking, I wish there was something that would make me feel better, that I didn't have to feel this. And we, we kind of live in a society today where we're, we almost feel like we're not supposed to have 
uh, any negative emotions for any yeah, we're not any su- moment in time. We're not supposed to be uncomfortable. Yeah, and um, and it, it that was when it first occurred to me that I just kind of got to sit through this and feel the pain and feel the loss and know that have faith in that eventually I will start to feel better um, and however long it takes and you know but now I could have gone to a doctor I could have gone to the liquor store I could have gone but I knew at that point that none of those things were going to make me feel better none of it would change the loss you know I know that the loss is there Um, it's not going to make me think that somehow he wasn't gone Um, and that's that's the, I, the only reason you turn to substances when you're going through traumatic or negative or painful experiences because you think it's going to help you. You think you need it. That's right. That's right. So here's what I want to say to people. If, and we see this on the deprogramming sites all the time. Uh, let's, let's build a list of resources and to be honest with you, there are some decent mm-hmm. programs out there, but but they all fall short because they all will eventually tell you you need support. Well, they, they think that there's some kind of pathology to this problem. Yeah, they think that there's some weakness, yep. some matter of weakness that you have, and it's not a matter of weakness. Do you honestly think that I have more willpower than Michelle or you right. out there in the crowd. I, I don't, willpower has nothing to do with this. This Because I'm not trying to stop myself from doing something I want to do. I'm not, I'm not depriving myself of booze and drugs every day of my life like I would be in AA. That's no. not the way we frame it. It's I'm happier not to get fucked up. It, to put it simply, you changed your mind about substances. That's exactly right. And it doesn't take a quantum shift to do that. Sometimes it's so simple. I have, I have guests all the time here at the retreat and all the time in, on private instruction that sit there and say to me, wow, it really is just that, isn't it? Yeah, once you get rid of the mythology, you know, once you get rid of all the stuff that's keeping you completely distracted from making a direct preference choice, yes, it is that easy. But the problem is, is that you grew up in a culture that's filled filled chock full of recovery ideals and uh and now non-12 step really doesn't mean what it meant either so people go to these non-12 step programs and they're getting the same old nonsense and same old recovery bullshit that they were getting in regular treatment centers 12 step it's just this it's just the uh, you know the same sort of person with different clothes so uh don't be duped I mean, if there if there's any shred of fear-driven motivation in a program that you plan on attending, run away. Right. You know, if they're saying you need this, run away. Or look, if you have to, if you need a break and you have to go someplace um, that your insurance will cover, or because insurance typically will only pay for these treatment programs, um, you know. Play the game while you're there, but keep an open mind and know that some of, probably the bulk of what you're learning there is not going to be helpful to you in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there's anything that's saying that you need to uh, have a recipe for recovery, just ignore it. You know, maybe you're mandated to treatment like I was. I had to ignore all that nonsense. Uh, and uh, 
my intuition was this is craziness what they're teaching me. Um, The other thing is every human being has a certain amount of common sense. Uh, You don't have a disease. That's ridiculous. You know it out there. You know there's no disorder. There's nothing happening inside of you. There's no, your brain isn't broken. You're a thinking, choosing creature. All you have to do is look at your day. You chose a lot of different things in your day. What to eat for breakfast, how to clothe yourself, when to take a shower, and how to go to work, all those things. Those are decisions and choices that people make. So you're a choosing creature. You can certainly choose differently in regards to substances. And even if you have withdrawal, withdrawal is a temporary toxic condition that's taken care of with detox go to detox get on with it don't get stuck on suboxone and methadone for life because that's a bunch of nonsense as well and and get on with your life read the freedom model read from the people who have escaped the treatment and the recovery traps you know because we did we lived through that we went to thousands of AA meetings we we went to treatment centers we were mandated we went through all that hell we did that for you. You don't have to do it, and you don't have to keep doing it. You can move on with your life. I just want to go back and clarify something that Mark said. That you know, when we talk about suboxone and methadone, um, those things are very useful for detox. Mm-hmm. Um, they are. They they're very useful for those things that they were meant for initially. Um, and you know, some people see benefit in being on them for a, a, a months, a few months, or for a shortened period of time. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, we we you know don't don't take judgment on any substance use at all. But the idea that you need to be on them, you know, forever is the same idea that that you're sick and diseased and you need to be in recovery forever. It's just not true. Right. It's um, the weakness argument all over again. Yeah. It's this idea that somehow you're too weak to stop on your own and you need a crutch or else you're doomed. And that's just bullshit. That's just a lie. And uh, But yes, for, for detox and for temporary relief, or if you're in a community filled with people overdosing because of fentanyl or some other bad drugs that are going around, they can be a useful tool if you want to keep getting high on heroin or opiates. Um, but you need a bridge to get through yeah. that time where, where there's bad drugs around that can, that can work. Um, we don't judge any of that. But I, I, I want to be clear. If some doctor is telling you that you're too weak to stop and you need to be on this as a medicine for the rest of your life to keep you from using that's a big fat lie. It is. 96% of all heroin users stop on their own or treated. It doesn't matter. You basically eventually get over the problem. Yeah. Eventually, everybody, uh, nearly everybody gets to the point where they get tired of it. It gets boring. Um, and, and then you begin to see, oh, this is a habit this is a behavior like any other behavior that I once loved to do that maybe I don't like to do that much anymore. Right, and that's when you come to the conclusion that, oh my God, my intuition that it was just that simple is true. Yeah. It's true, and it is. It is true. But again, if you're really confused about what we're talking about, please read The Freedom Model. You can get your free copy at thefreedommodel.org. Use coupon code uh, freedom 100 at at checkout and you can download the book for free we also have an audio book coming out here soon Ooh, very soon um, we're very excited yeah, about it on the last third of the book with the with the voice talent they're getting it done and uh me and michelle are very uh productive on the online program which we're going to be having uh coming out soon yes pro- i'm hoping by the end of the summer 
and of course we still have uh, private instruction where people learn the freedom model with us privately one-on-one -on -one classes with zoom and also we have our retreat the st. Jude retreat which we've been operating now for 31 years and uh, where people come and they learn the freedom model and they stay with us for anywhere between two to four weeks so there's a whole array from free on up to our residential stay and uh, and we made it so that there's a uh, an option for everybody so just to be clear about this topic today we just wanted to put the word out there that if you're seeking a non 12-step program you're seeking help uh, for your problem or for someone that you love just be wary of the uh, <laughs> wolf in sheep's clothing out there um, and be prepared that you may find one you think think is fantastic um, you get there and and they may pull that bait and switch on you where they're like you know we we have other meetings but but we do recommend you go to these these support group meetings these 12-step meetings um, anything that's going to label you and diagnose you and tell you you need support is a 12-step based program um, even if they call it something different it's still based on the same premise that the 12-step program was based on and that's powerlessness disease and the need for recovery for for the rest of your life which is all mythology yes okay I think that we covered it pretty well today thank you so much for listening if you or someone you know is seeking help for a substance use problem or other habitual behavior or you want help breaking free and moving past recovery as well you can reach us at 888-424-2626 or through our websites thefreedommodel.org and soberforever.net soberforever.net provides detailed information about our residential retreat the St. Jude Retreat thefreedommodel.org is our hub and it has a ton of free resources and information including videos these podcasts free ebooks and information about our at-home private instruction program mark told you how to get our full program books the freedom model for addictions and the freedom model for the family uh, you can get them right at thefreedommodel.org enter coupon code freedom 100 at checkout you can also get them on amazon or one of the other online retailers you can follow us on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and subscribe to the Freedom Model YouTube channel. We also have three Facebook groups we started for people to discuss their experiences breaking free from addiction and recovery. They're private groups, so even if you join, um, your other friends won't be able to see that you're in the group or that you post in the group. It's completely private to the group members. They are the Freedom Model group moving beyond addiction and recovery and families moving beyond addiction and recovery from everyone here at the freedom. Oh, if you need detox, um, you can call our friends at Gallus detox. That's G as in girl, a L L U S detox.com. And they can help you. Even if you're seeking to detox off Suboxone or methadone, they can help you with that from everyone here at the freedom model. We wish you well until next time.